you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbounce.com. You're listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 499 now of the Ron and Don Show, and oh yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we'll talk about the Pope being gay. No, he's well. It's uh, You're not going to believe what the Pope said about being gay, and we're going to get to it. Also, marriage and money do opposites attract. We'll get to that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. The fastest-growing food retailer right now in America. And I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately. Uh, I go to a little grocery store called Ken's Market. Uh, Ken's Market started in Greenwood. Uh, that's kind of the northern part of Seattle. And it was started by a guy named Ken. Back when That's he was surprising. back when he was in his twenties, at ninety-six years old, he just passed away. He opened up other stores in Fremont. There's a Ken's Market in Queen Anne, and now those markets are actually owned by his sons, his grandkids, his cousins. And it was really great, great to go in the uh, Ken's Market on up here in Queen Anne and see Ken, because every once in a while he'd come in at ninety-six years young and sit in the deli and eat some chili. And we would reminisce about my Cairo days. In fact, Ken was one of the first ones to call and welcome me uh, to Seattle when he heard me talk about Ken's Market. Uh, and he had just rebuilt and refurbished the Ken's Market up in Greenwood. Uh, he, he gave me uh, a tour. I was one of the first ones to get to see it. Anyway, I love supporting brick and mortar. I know when I go into a Ken's Market, it's going to cost more. But I also know that there's lots of people in there locally, uh, families and friends that work there. Uh, and I know I'm contributing to their lives and they're contributing to my life by having a brick and mortar store right in the middle of a neighborhood, which can be all awful expensive to run. It used to be though, right before inflation really took off, we drink a lot of LaCroix around here, right? You used to drink a lot of beer. Now we drink a lot of LaCroix. And for a 12 pack, when you would walk into Ken's market it is $3 and 99 cents. That same 12 pack over the past couple of months is now $12, right? You could buy a sandwich in there for $4 and 99 cents. That's same sandwich now is $7.99. They have a lot of great prepared food. And sometimes when you're raising a 12-year-old, you need to go in and have great prepared food. It's it's interesting because it, it, it is... You, you, you go into Whole Foods and people call that whole paycheck for a reason. I think you walk into any grocery store right now, Ron, and it feels like a whole paycheck, no matter if it's Ken's, Whole Foods, QFC... Uh, inflation is really knocking people out and don't even get me started on the price of milk and the price of eggs. So Yeah, so this story was interesting because they they said when you just ask somebody, what do you think the fastest growing food retailer is right now? Most people answered Kroger. They answered, because Kroger's buying up a lot of different places, other chains. A lot of people said Walmart, uh, but both of those things were wrong. The fastest growing food retailer are the Dollar General type of stores. So uh, there are they go under a bunch of different brand names, but the Dollar Store. And the interesting thing on this, and I always feel for this because we, we talk about sort of li- financial literacy a lot and thinking about building wealth. One of the ways that you don't build wealth is when you don't really understand uh, the marketing or, or the way things cost. And so 
for instance, you can go into a Dollar General store and they'll say, now they, they have a refrigerated section, food sections, and you can go in there and like the chicken at Dollar General will be cheaper than the chicken at Safeway or Kroger's or Publix or whatever part of the country you're in, but it's because the packaging is smaller. So what Dollar oh, General yeah. has done is they know the psychology of the Dollar General shopper. They want absolute price and not price per pound or price per item. Hmm. So they they go in and they'll get name brand stuff yeah. and they'll package it in a way where it's below a, so that you'll get chicken for under $5. But if you bought the same amount of chicken at a, another store, you would have to buy a bigger quantity, but the price per pound would be less. Mm. And so the people that what they found out is at these stores, people don't pay attention to, they'll go, Oh, coffee at dollar general is $5 coffee at Safeway is $9, but you're getting less coffee. Mm. And the price per pound is actually more when you buy at Dollar General, but your absolute cost, your cost out the door is less, yeah. but you're going to have to come back more frequently because you're using the same amount of coffee. And I, I always feel really bad about that. And then they also know the psychology of once you're inside their store, that the amount of impulse buys at a Dollar General type of store is a lot more because of the psychological barrier of a dollar. And so even if it's a dollar fifty now, or sometimes some of the items are two dollars, they just know that you go, ah, I've been thinking our, our spatula is kind of janky. I get the spatula for a buck fifty. You you do that four or five times, nine or ten times a lot of times at, at one of these dollar type of stores, and that is where they make their money on you. So that I would encourage people that um and, and you'll see this a lot where maybe two families will team up and go to Costco together. Uh and you buy if you're buying those staples, uh you just buy it and then you can just package it yourself when you get home, get some storage bins or whatever, because the price per pound, what you want to look at is price per pound. So it's it's printed on everything at the store. It's required to do so by the government, and you'll be shocked. Sometimes you'll see whatever it is, like the coffee example, and you go, "Oh man, look at that Starbucks coffee!" And you go, "Oh wait a minute, that one's sixteen ounces. This one's twelve point five ounces. The canisters are exactly the same size. I'm getting thirty percent less coffee in this other package." Yeah, I wonder how Trader Joe's is able to do it because uh, my mom likes Trader Joe's, so we've been shopping there more. Uh, and it seems like maybe because they control some of their own products. Uh, and Go look at the coffee section. What's and that? Look at the ounces. Yeah. So you'll look at the coffee section, and they try to keep it around nine ninety nine at Trader Joe's. Yeah. But look at the the ounces. Okay. So the the packages will be virtually identical. Uh huh. And you'll go, oh, the Ecuadorian one's nine ninety nine, and the the French blend is nine ninety nine. Look at the number of ounces that you get. Okay. Uh, in each package, and you'll go, oh, wow. okay. So I'm paying more per pound for this one than I was for that one. They're geniuses at this right size packaging stuff. Yeah. What, what whatever happened to the th three buck chuck? That's what I want to know. The three I mean, buck chuck was interesting. For those that don't know, you could buy a bottle of Chardonnay at Trader Joe's for three bucks. And and it was on, a decent on, wine. Well, in every bottle they lost money, but but in the early days of Trader Joe's, they knew that's what drove people into the store. You're having a party. I'm gonna go get some three buck chuck, and I don't mind if I go in there and buy some cheap food. And what you find out is after you have an experience in Trader Joe's, it's actually. It, it, and it depends on where you're like, I don't buy meat there. I don't love all their produce. I don't love their salad, but there's, there's other things, a lot of prepared things. 
that are actually pretty darn. They're pretty darn yeah, good. I'm a, I'm a Trader Joe's guy, so you don't. You're, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah. Anyway, all right, you guys, don't go anywhere. We will see you on the other side of this, and we'll see you at a dollar store, one of the fastest growing stores in America. Yeah, sometime soon. Hey, you guys, we just want to take a moment to thank everyone that got their Ron and Don sit down mug and their Ron and Don coffee pot in 2022, and here we come in 2023. What I mean by that, whenever we sit down with somebody, we give them a camp mug that says Ron and Don. I sat down with Ron and Don. And then after we've done a transaction where maybe we bought a piece of real estate together or we have sold a piece of real estate or invested in a piece of real estate, then around this time of year, we send them the coffee pot that says Ron and Don on it too. That way we can't be forgotten. That's correct. If you want to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey, it's pretty simple takes 30 to 45 minutes. It's absolutely free to do it. And let's find out together if we would be a good team in 2023 to work toward whatever it is on your real estate quest. Yeah, there's two ways you can do this. They're both very easy. One is you can just email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. Just say, hey, Ron, uh, I heard you guys talking about the sit down. What do I need to do? Second thing is you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Poke around the website a little bit, read up a little bit on uh, what people are saying about us, what our reviews are, what uh, more information there is. And you can schedule a sit down right there. Just hit the schedule a sit down button. All right. We'll see you guys at the sit down. And believe me, when you see us in person, yeah, we're as scary as we sound. <laughs> now back to the show. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. Uh, don't forget, we got a life changing event coming up. And they say, you hear people say this all the time. We got a few slots left. I, I think we actually have about six slots left. So if you'd like to come, Ron, who are we inviting to come? And, and what do they have to do to get signed up? And, and what makes this life changing? Yeah. So the, the thing when Don and I were thinking about 2023, we both asked ourselves, what has changed our financial life and our security life the most of anything we've ever done? And for both of us, it's been real estate. And uh, you buying this property uh, and transforming it into what we are in right now, it basically made you a real estate millionaire. Uh, I have property and an investment property um, that has made me an investment millionaire so uh, or a real estate millionaire. And so we wanted to offer that up to people that don't have any real estate right now and you've been thinking about it and you don't know where to start. So we have a live in-person event. It's February 16th, 6 p.m. Uh, it's only open to 30 slots because that's the size room we have and uh, yeah like you said there's a handful of slots still open you can go to ronanddon.com slash change for more info and to sign up and we're not selling you anything we don't have memberships we don't have a tape series or something we're trying to hawk uh this is just informing you of how it changed our life and hopefully helping you change your life and tony robbins isn't going to jump out from anywhere and charge you fifty thousand dollars to have a conversation with him like he does i know someone that just paid fifty thousand dollars to have a conversation with him, a half-hour conversation. Amazing to me. Did they feel like it was worth it? Uh, sh she did, yeah. She hey, if it was worth it, then it's worth it. She felt like it was worth 50 grand. So uh, so anyway, uh, let's talk about this. Marriage, uh, you have a little... I, I was married for a quick minute in my 30s, and we don't have to go into that story now, even though I was telling it to someone last night. It's a very funny story. Uh, and that ended, no fault of my own for a change, right? No fault of my own. Uh, but they, they, they're saying there's some new research. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Therapists always say, what's your part in that? So we always have a part. But anyway, she's not here. So yeah, 
That's another person's fault. There's no therapist in the room. Uh, anyway, uh, they're saying when it comes to marriage, the new research, it comes to marriage and money, that opposites attract. Ron, what say you? I found this to be very interesting because of the end result. Uh, they say this is really true. Um, it's one of those things. If, if you are a penny pincher and you meet someone that is more free flowing with their money, it's very attractive because you wish like you were that way uh, a lot of the time and vice versa. If you're someone that's free spending and you meet more of a penny pincher, um, that's attractive to you because you wish you could rein it in. And what they found is that it's either going to blow your marriage up or uh, you're going to create a system with each other, and it comes down to how you communicate around money. And so recognizing that and not letting it become toxic and fight about it, but they said when the, the couples they found that navigated this, uh, it really was beneficial because the tightwad loosened up and the loosey-goosey tightened up. They sort of met in the middle a little bit and were able, but it all came down to how they communicated about money. Um, how, how was it for you growing up? Because I have clear visions of my, my mom would balance a checkbook and she did it long form. So she pulled out the register and she pulled out a calculator and a pad of paper and every month she would go to down to the penny account for the checkbook. And you could tell she was always a little stressed when she did it, but it gave us a good chance to see physical responsibility for me yeah. and to know like sometimes like hey you can't we can't you know go get you a pair of new uh shoes for football camp because we don't have it right now yeah. so it was a good object lesson it's like oh that's where the money is and if there's no more money left at the end of the month then you can't go buy stuff you want to buy yeah i have to say when, when it comes to money um I, I, even as a kid, I always felt the pressure that my parents were feeling because sometimes when they would fight, they would fight openly. And a lot of times it was about money. Uh, my dad was really responsible when, when he was a truck driver and a firefighter, but when he had an accident fell off, I think that's when addiction creeped into his life. And then it all became about pain medication, uh, chasing other women around and drinking beer. Uh, and so it, 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 it created a lot of pressure on my family. My mom, God bless her, went back to work. Uh, she became a realtor herself. And then she also became a personal assistant at uh, Sandia Labs in New Mexico and Kirkland Air Force Base. And, and really uh, took the bull by the horns, especially after my father left. And, and he left over money. And before he left, he had, he had signed papers uh, that my mother had never signed on a second mortgage to a house. So they came and got our house one day and they came and got our cars one day and we lost everything. He, he, uh, he went out and had forged documents. So I have always felt this incredible pressure when it comes to money. And I have to say, I have to say this when, when, when people get married today, and I know people get really, you get mixed up in the romance of it and the way that you feel and the vibe and the connection and we're going to love each other forever. I, I think the marriages that stay together are the marriages that have really hard conversations in the beginning. And one of those hard conversations is sex. How often do you like sex? Do you like sex every day? Because maybe I don't like sex every day. Maybe I like sex every month or twice a month 
or maybe I like it twice a day. People don't talk about that. Or what do we do when we're really interested in sex and all of a sudden we're married now, we've had kids and we're two years into this thing and we're no longer really attracted or we're not making time for each other. And, and I think that's so important, the spiritual journey that you're on or not on. How do we feel about kids? Because uh, kids cost a lot of money. So where is that money going to come from? If we want to take trips together or trips separately, like I see a lot of couples that are very successful that have autonomy. And I think of our friend Charles and Becky. They t- they take trips together, and then they take trips separately. He'll go on a on a camping trip, a fishing trip. She'll go on a skiing trip with her girlfriends. And and it seems like I don't know the the intricacies of their marriage, but it but it seems like when it when it comes to money, spending money on each other, spending money on the family, spending money on their kids, it seems like they have a really nice balance. So I think people should sit down and have a real talk about sex, right? Your kids, your future, the vision for what you want this family or this partnership to be. And you have, before you walk down the aisle or sign a contract, you have to have a conversation about money and how you feel about money. So, yeah, absolutely. So I, I would encourage people that if you're fighting over money, that doesn't have to end your relationship, but you will, you, both people are going to have to make changes. Because if one person holds the purse strings and the other person manipulates the situation uh, to try and get what they want or what they feel like they want, um, you know, just watch someone go through a divorce and like it all comes back to money. Hmm. How much are you going to pay me a month that I get half of that? You get half of this. How much am I going to get for maintenance? Uh, what about the kids? Like it all comes back to money. So it, just recognize if you're in an opposite to track situation and and go into it with some courage because it doesn't have to blow things up. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and we've alluded to this before. I think till death do you part is a huge disservice. And I know re- religious people are going to hate me, but I worked in a church for a long time. I saw people stay in marriages until death do us part. A lot of those marriages sometimes were abusive. I remember women being abused by men. Maybe the, the man would allow an allowance to his wife, and then if she spent over or whatever. Uh, I, I just I think everybody should sit down. Like 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 you, you should have a New Year's if you're if you're married or you have a partner or someone that you've committed to long term. In the same way that we talk about New Year's resolutions and decisions that we're going to make, why why not do that with your partner? And one of those conversations should always be about money. You know how how did we do this year? Uh, what does next year look like? What kind of money are we putting away for a rainy day? What happens when one of us gets sick when we get older? Right? What is it? What does that look like? And revisit that contract. Right? I was revisiting my will the other day. It's a contract that I have, and and Ron is actually in my will, right? He shows up there. And I contacted him the other day, and I said, are you still willing to be a part of this if I'm no longer around? And these are the expectations. I'm going to give you $10 million, you have a great life, and kiss off mother effort. No, it's not that. Wow. It's $9 million, and then and then the rest. So, so yes, having a conversation about money, and not just one conversation, but checking in on that is so, so important, and we will see you on the other side of this. Three, two, one, buy down. What the hell does that mean? Uh, Mitch is here from Mitch.loans. What is a three, two, one buy down? Because 
When the market was going crazy these past couple of years and there weren't enough homes for all the buyers and money was cheap, I didn't hear about three, two, one, buy down. What is that? Yeah, and investors are definitely bringing it back. And you hear me say all the time, your rate is not your rate. There's room to negotiate. And now with sellers being in a little bit of a panic, they can actually give you money to buy down your rate. They can do it up front or they can do a buy down. And a 3-2-1 buy down means that you get a rate of 3% less than the market rate for a year, wow. 2% less for another year, 1% less for another year. And it's the year four that you finally actually start paying the current rate. And if you refi out, you actually get all of that prepaid interest refunded back to you. So there's no risk. If rates drop in the next year, you get all that money back. You didn't waste that money. Yeah. So you hear everyone say all the time, date the rate, marry the property. That's how you do it with a three, two, one. Buy down from Loans. Reach out to him today. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Dawn Show. I, I have to say growing up in the in the Catholic Church and I shared why I left the Catholic Church when I was younger in my dad's place I can remember sitting in church and I'd been an altar boy and, and been to a lot of marriages and funerals and lots of services and Easter Sunday and midnight mass and all that I, I actually love the mysticism of the Catholic Church if you're in a Catholic Church like on a Christmas Eve in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or a place like Santa Fe or Taos, there's some snow outside, they're burning some incense, the church is packed, and you are just singing Christmas carols together. Uh, it, 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 it is a very powerful moment, even if you don't believe in all that stuff. It's like, it's a, you smell the pinon wood, you see the luminarios, it's, you're eating Ron's pozole, I talked about before. Uh, it is a very, it's so powerful. I can remember when when the Archbishop, who actually cons- confirmed me, Archbishop Robert Sanchez, was um, outed on 60 Minutes, and he was the Archbishop of New Mexico. And I've shared a little bit of this before. He had been going on camping trips, and he had been touching children, 16 of them, I believe. 60 Minutes came out with his story, and this is the thing that unwound all the sexual abuse within the Catholic Church. And some of that I saw, it didn't happen to me, but I, but I saw it as an altar boy. And I also saw our priests just disappear one day uh, because they were a part of this too. And we know what happened. What would the Catholic Church do? They take a priest. Uh, they go to the Jemez in New Mexico, like 300 of them. They would swear not to speak for two years. They're supposed to pray for the sin that they had committed. And then they'd be sent out to another parish. Here's the thing. A lot of those priests, a lot of those priests were gay, but a lot of those priests were also child molesters and wanted to harm children. And what happened that is so damaging in our society, and the evangelical movement was a big part of this. They said, you know, when you when you look at the Catholic Church, being a priest that is gay is the same thing as being a priest that's a child molester. Child molesters being gay, same thing. I was taught that. And you know where I was taught that? I was taught that in the Catholic Church by some of the priests that were gay and some of the priests that were child molesters. Like, so then you find out later on that, hey, this is different. Being gay and being a child molester have nothing to do with each other because there's a lot of heterosexual people out there that are child molesters as well, right? So I can remember leaving the church just deciding one day, when I have control over my own life, I'm out of here. Because they, they, they pass what we call passing the bucket, passing the basket. And, and they raise money to pay the bills for the parish. Then they sent a second basket. And that second basket was to pay 
for the attorneys that it's going to take to protect our archbishop from all the legal wrangling and lawsuits that were about to happen. And my mother sat there. She dug through her purse. She's raising four kids on her own. She took whatever she had when the basket went by the second time. She put money in the first time. She was scraping in her purse this change. I'll never forget it. And she threw it in the basket. And then after that, it was time to go up and get communion. And she wasn't allowed to go because she was no longer married and her husband left. So four kids get up. We go to communion. She can't go. Scarlet letter really pissed me off. And after that, I decided to leave the church. And I have to say, all the popes after that, we're kind of a pain in the ass, you guys. And, and, and even as we saw the destruction that was happening in the Catholic Church at the time, you would, you would see popes sometimes that would want to stand to the podium, I think, and, and correct things on the record, especially when it came to gay men and gay priests uh, and gay women as well. Now we have a pope that is finally doing this, Ron, and it blows me away because it is against the doctrine of the church but this current pope has come out and said, hey, being gay is not a crime and it's not a sin. No, he, no you, you got that wrong. What? I think you, you, you read that wrong. He said it's not a crime, but it's still a sin. Still a sin. And so I, Pope Francis, I call him Pope Frank because that's Francisco. <laughs> when I was in Italy, it was all about Pope Frank. Pope Frank. I, 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 he's progressive. Yeah. But what he is looking at is he's doing a world tour right now, and many of the countries that he's going to have laws on the books against homosexuality. Especially in Central America. It's Central crazy. America, yeah. South America, Africa. Yeah. The, the, the markets where Catholicism is growing is not North America and Europe. Right. The markets where it's growing is Latin America, poorer countries, sub-Saharan Africa, like a lot of uh, poorer countries where Catholicism can go in and really make a, a tangible difference in people's lives. That's where they're seeing growth. So he is, uh, went out today or this week and said, being gay is not a crime. Yeah. However, he had not rolled back oh. that it's still a sin. So he says it's still a sin against God. He goes, but it's not illegal. Hmm. It's not a crime. And so it's a sin in the same way that other sins are sins, but not crimes. Hmm. And, and so he's really tried to, to thread a needle here where he is taking a stance as a head of state against other countries, legislative branches to say, you should not arrest someone for being gay. And we've seen this all around the world, a movement uh, to, to really, you know, make it illegal. And, you know, in fact, there was an Olympic Games where, uh, well, just in fact, in Qatar for the World Cup, you know, they they have laws against being gay. And so he's coming out against it being illegal, but he still has stopped short of saying that it's a sin. Pope Francis is saying it's still sinful. God still doesn't condone it, but it's not illegal. Yeah. Pope Franny saying. Pope Franny. Pope Frank. I, think I was he about would get to say something about Pope Franny and your hiney, and I'm not going to do it. Good for you. I just decided not to. I'm going. I'm, I'm Michelle Obama here. I'm going high. I'll let other people go low. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode 499 of the Ron Don Show. Could you believe that episode 500 is on its way? Ron, people always ask, uh, how can we help you guys out? We know you to do this podcast for free. Uh, how can we help you? How can they do that? Well, if you uh, subscribe and share, that would help us out. Uh, and if you have an episode that connects with you, share it with someone and ask them to subscribe. That's really the best way to do it. Yeah. 
Also, don't forget our newsletter. You can find that at Get signed up for it. And also, if you want to sit down with us, we had lots of sit-downs this week. Real estate is happening. It is back. And we are out in the market buying and selling homes. Buyers do have more leverage now. To find out the leverage you have, come to a life-changing event. We have spots right now. Ronanddon.com slash event. I think there's... Slash change. Slash change. There's still, I believe, six spots open. Ronanddon.com slash change. And there you can get signed up for the event. We'll see you February 16th. We're going to feed you. We're going to have something great to drink. We're not going to clothe you, though. So you're going to have to wear your own clothes or come naked. That's just the way it's going to be. We'll probably get a lot of signups now that people know that clothing is optional at this event. February 16th, ronanddon.com slash change. We're looking for people that are first-time home buyers, or you own a home and you're wondering, how do I snowball this into future wealth? And how do I buy a second home, a second door? That's what Ron and I will be talking about this life changing event. And if you're ready to sit down and sell right now, we have meetings everywhere from the east side all the way down to Tacoma this week and all the way up north to Everett and here in Seattle. We are regional realtors. So chances are, if you're in Washington State, we can help you. And I appreciate a lot of people. You're watching your mom and dad go through a transition right now. We've had lots of their kids calling us saying, hey, it's time for mom and dad to downsize or maybe mom or dad are gone. And it can be there's some health issues. Sometimes it's just, hey, they've been living here 40 years and they got a lot of stuff and we don't know what to do with all this. We know how to honor that and honor your mom and dad. We know to do all that. So Sit down with us, ronadonsitdown.com, and we'll find out if we'll be good partners buying or selling. And especially if you can't come to the life-changing event, I think a sit-down with us virtually, and then I'll come out and visit you at your house. Uh, it's pretty amazeballs, you guys. So anyway, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. If you need Ron, he's Ron Upshaw on socials. I'm Don O'Neill. And everything, again, you can find at ronanddon.com. Keep your head up, shoulders back. We'll see you for episode 500. It'll be here before you know it. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.